0: child of light easy on the wallet but is it worth your time we follow the adventures of princess aurora but not the one you're thinking of in order to find out here on broke and gaming
1: welcome absolutely everyone to broke and gaming i'm the face of ubisoft shay
0: (laughs) and i'm dan and hey shay happy 2022 (laughs) We made it. We did it. This is the second year of the podcast. Can you believe it?
1: I uh, you know, it's been a whirlwind becoming the face of Ubisoft yeah. in the last couple of weeks that Ubisoft perhaps isn't aware of. But um yeah, I'm I'm just so happy to have made it to 2022. I feel like I've 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 taken my career into some some good
0: directions here. <laughs> I like <laughs> I don't <laughs> Like, I like the Ubisoft bit. I just don't know what to do with it. Uh, so we'll just... we'll do. It's fine.
1: It's fine. Neither, neither do they. That's why I had to give it to myself. Yeah.
0: What have you been playing? So I've been playing a game that I thought was going to end up being my favorite game of 2022. Just barely edging out Yakuza Like a Dragon. And Shay, it dropped the ball right before the end zone. We had talked about this a little bit off mic but it's a game called lost in random looks really cool yeah it's done in a style that looks like like a lakai film like it looks like a stop motion game like everything almost looks like it's made out of clay it's really neat Mm -hmm. but like uh and the story was neat like everything was really great and then it ends in a cliffhanger and my partner and i were were like playing the whole thing together and then like i got to the end and i'm like wait that's it they just, they just jump off a cliff? Is this fucking Thelma and Louise? What the hell is happening? So when you say cliffhanger, it was like
1: almost literally a cliffhanger, huh?
0: Yeah. They, they escape a, a castle and then just jump off a cliff with an umbrella, fucking uh, Mary Poppins style, and then it's like, where are we going? And it's, I don't know, and then credits. Like... <laughs> I looked it up and they're not even definitely doing a sequel. So What? For right now, fuck that game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. I'm so sorry to hear that. It's fine. Since then, I've been playing uh Persona 5 Strikers, which is the free game for uh PlayStation Plus subscribers right now um here in January of 2022. And I don't know how I feel about it yet. I'll have to report back on that, but uh what have you been playing?
1: Uh well Dan, I have been playing uh for probably the 757th time. Um I've been playing I started another run of Skyrim. Um and this time I have fully committed to a magic only character. And let me fucking tell you how rough that is.
0: Yeah, that seems like a bad idea.
1: Yeah. So uh the spells in Skyrim are either long range or they're good. Um and they're not both. <laughs>
0: So it's only effective at close range?
1: Yeah, so the way that Destruction spells scale, okay, uh, and and I should specify that this is for early game, um, because I don't really know what, like, late game magic is like, because obviously I've abandoned (laughs) magic-only characters pretty quick. Yeah. But... Um, the way that destruction spells scale in that game, which is, like, your, your most uh, kind of effective attack spells early on, is that there's, like, a very, very weak, low-cost bolt version of either fire, ice, or electric. Yeah. And then the next step up is, like, this, like, close-range cone kind of thing. But you might as well be, like, using a melee weapon, Um, but to get... Good- <laughs> Good stats with magic, you have to be wearing basically no armor, so it's very hard. From I would say probably levels like ten to twenty to be good <laughs> at magic, um, and that's where I'm at right now.
0: And plus, the way that Skyrim is built, like you have to use whatever skill, regardless of what it is, whether it's lockpicking or or you know making potions in order to improve them. So you kind of just have to continuously use shitty magic in order to build yep. up your magic yep. that sucks
1: dan can i tell you if i have to fight a dragon in that game
0: you're so screwed
1: do you know what i have to do to fight to fight the fucking dragon what's that i have to get it to chase me to the nearest town so that the town guards will <laughs> attack it for me and then i can finish it off oh that's so good <laughs> Oh, uh, so anyway, I'm finding that there's a flaw in my favorite game of all time.
0: I I don't know, because I'm pretty steadfast in bow and sword combos in that game. Like, oh my I God. try to sneak so, around. So good. Oh, it's my God. It's really satisfying, too. Like, just taking out something from 150 feet or whatever with a good bow just feels so great. And it does right. that slow motion knockdown. Oh, oh yes. So good. Oh.
1: Oh, can I tell you, though, one thing that I have gotten pretty good at in this run is enchanting, which is not something that I've ever really dabbled with before. Oh, yeah. I made my own bow, and it's, like, real shitty, but I made my own bow, and it's called Milton Stapler.
0: Perfect. <laughs> it's Perfect. the name of the Perfect. bow.
1: And what it does is when you hit someone, it, it inflicts fear on them. So
0: if they're a certain level or lower, they'll run away from
1: you (laughs) if you hit them with Milton
0: stapler. That's so good. (laughs) And a callback to our last episode.
1: Right. The other thing, I have been playing one other thing pretty heavily. Um, And that is I finally caved and I bought Far Cry 6. Yeah. And disappointed is not quite the word, but, like, it's been pretty ho-hum for me so far.
0: I was unaware until you told me that Danny Trejo is in it.
1: <laughs> yeah, Danny Danny Trejo is in it playing himself.
0: Yeah, which is funny because I was reminded just recently that Danny Trejo basically played himself in Fallout. Yeah. He was that ghoul mechanic, and he just plays it as Danny Trejo. Like, there's no difference in even the vocal quality, because usually they'll <laughs> like pitch down ghouls in that game and they're like, eh, it's Danny Trejo. It's fine.
1: I feel like at this point, about two thirds of Danny Trejo's roles are him playing himself.
0: Yeah, and like, oh man, I'm so tempted to bring up puppets. <laughs> Do it <laughs> So there was a there was a new Muppet TV show on Disney okay. Plus called Muppets Now or yep. something like that. And one of the yep. segments is like a cooking competition show with the Swedish chef and Danny Trejo.
1: Okay, can I... I want to fucking clear the air here on my puppet hatred,
0: all right? You know, I think... I think New Year... (laughs) Yeah, I think this would be the time. It's not that I hate every instance of puppets being
1: used ever, okay? That's not... That's not the issue that I have. The issue that I have with puppets, and it is specifically when we were talking about the Dark Crystal remake on Netflix, yeah. on Is the Show Good? Is that puppetry, it's the same, the same issue that I have with retro graphics. Like, yeah, it's, it's great. It was fantastic in the 70s, you know? We're not in the 70s anymore. So it's fine if you want to keep making Muppet shit, but, like, don't pretend that it's groundbreaking stuff is, is all that I'm saying
0: oh man i just got a call uh <laughs> <laughs> we had folks i'm sorry we had guillermo del toro lined up to be a future guest because of his recent involvement with video games but then he heard shay talking about practical effects and puppetry. Uh,
1: you know and, what uh, i'll fucking stand, die on this hill you know and it's just because of how shitty people treat me about having this opinion and i think that it's the right one so let's fucking move on
0: it's that it's (laughs) it's that thing where people like nickelback and then you just get really ingrained because you're so sick of hearing people talk about how bad nickelback sucks like it's the inverse of that. Is that what we're talking about i
1: mean i hate being compared to a nickelback fan also but sure
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right fair enough well let's talk about something we both actually liked how about that Let's fucking do it. Please and thank you. I hate right. having to fucking defend my stance on puppets. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Every nobody thinks any less of you except for uh, Let's I just guess fucking like Lex go. And your All siblings, right. it's fine.
1: This episode's game is Child of Light. <laughs> and we will
0: start as we always start with our short change history. Child of Light is a 2014 platforming RPG hybrid developed and released by Ubisoft and Ubisoft Montreal. As essentially an indie game created by a major game studio, Child of Light's staff were able to create the game that they wanted to make with the resources not generally accessible to indie developers. For example, Child of Light was built using the UbiArt Freeform engine, which had up until that point only been used for flagship titles such as Raymand and Just Dance. In addition to that, there were several collaborations involved in the production, including Cirque du Soleil. Canadian actress Carolyn DuVernay, best known for her work on Hannibal, and recording artist Beatrice Martin, otherwise known by her stage name, Cor de Perrette. Child of Light is available now for Steam, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo Switch, and it's been a while, Stadia. (laughs) So yeah, this, this game has a hell of a pedigree behind it. It does feel like an indie game, right? It does. Yeah, absolutely. Despite knowing that it's a Ubisoft game and done completely in-house, it feels like a small game. Let's um, let's kick this off with Shay telling us a little bit about what this game is.
1: Absolutely. So in Child of Light, you play as the Princess Aurora, who in the real world, you're dead or in a coma, but you're like searching your this dream world. For your mother, I think? Is that anything? <laughs> you're
0: <laughs> you're on a relatively right track. You're looking for your father. So, um, full disclosure, this game pulls from a lot of different storybooks, not least of which, obviously, is the fact that the princess is named Princess Aurora, which is the Disney version of Sleeping Beauty, but it's not Sleeping Beauty, despite the fact that she might very well be in a coma, but she has, like, an evil stepmother... And all this other... Like, it's a lot of stuff kind of jammed into one.
1: So, uh, as not Sleeping Beauty, you are traversing this, this like, dreamscape. And as you go, you get into these, uh, like, Pokemon-style kind of random encounters. A little bit different because you can fucking see where they're going to pop up. Yeah. You know, using, like, a kind of, like, a, a timed battle system... You fight enemies, you gather party members, you explore this expansive dreamscape in order to find a way to wake up, I think. I haven't finished it, but I assume that's what your goal is.
0: But this is one that you are more inclined to complete at this point, right? Like, from where you are right now. Because we don't give ourselves a lot of time to play the games in between episodes, especially when it's an RPG they do tend to take a little bit longer. But, like, from where you're sitting right now, do you think you're going to continue?
1: Oh, hell yeah. And this, I think, is maybe one of the biggest turnarounds I've done on a game. Because when I started this game, Dan, like, I, you know, I texted you. Like, okay. I fucking hated it. It was so, yeah. like, I could not fucking stand it. The, like, tutorial, quote unquote, is too long, I think, just right off the bat. But, like once you get past that, like this game is incredibly fun. Yeah. I think I, what I like most about it is that it is rewarding no matter what you're trying to do. So like if you're exploring different areas of the map that aren't necessarily involved with your next like story mission, you will find something. You know what I
0: mean? Like for example, yeah. like the Golem,
1: I think. And and like the Golem is part of the expanded game.
0: Yeah, he was a uh, he was added for the DLC, so it's it's part of like the complete edition but right right but yeah pretty much every copy that you purchase now is going to have golem included right right he i don't i can't remember exactly if he is on the
1: main track of the of the story but like certainly like the objective that he has to add him to your party is not so like they have all of these areas that you can like fly through and whether it's just like a a chest that you find, or you know, like the refill for the little light ball Iggy that's that's flying behind you at all times. There's always some reward for exploring this part of the map that's not necessarily on the main track, and like the characters that they bring in are, so far, I should say, they're all super fun. Like they they bring a little something something to the story no matter what. Like one of okay, so and this is like my biggest qualm with the game is that the whole thing is in rhymes.
0: Yep. Which sucks. Yeah, all the dialogue is written out in 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 <laughs> poetry form. Yeah, But, and I already know what you're going to say because it's it's maybe my favorite thing about <laughs> yeah. the interactions.
1: Yeah, but like one of the first people that you meet and add to, I, actually, I think it is the first person that you add to your party is somebody who like goes out of their way to not rhyme with you, which is fucking fantastic. Because that's, at that point, that's where I was in the dialogue. I was like, I just wish somebody would fucking shut this girl down on her fucking poetry read.
0: Yep. Yep, that would be... Rubella, who is one of my favorite party members. She rules.
1: Rubella is my um, highest level party member right now.
0: Oh, yeah? (laughs) Yeah. I think they might be for me, too. Uh,
1: When Rubella joins your party, I think they're already, like, significantly higher than you are. So I, I think just as, like, as your party progresses, they're, you know, you're not scaling the same way that they are, so.
0: Yeah, and that happens a couple times. In total, there are... I believe eight different party members in addition to Aurora and Eggy, oh, that damn. you pick up along the way. Yeah. It's, it's a stacked game. Um, yeah. And I,
1: I'll be honest with you. This is, this is kind of what I was hoping for out of as divine hearts. That's what I was hoping out of this game, but then they're like, Hey, we're going to cap you at five party members and they're not the same level and you're going to hate it the whole time. Yep. But yeah, everything about that game that I hated, I, I it's fantastic. You know what actually I love the most about this game is what? the like the idea that like you can only switch your party members in the middle of a fight.
0: Yeah, it really keeps you on your toes.
1: Right. Like the the strat Okay, so like the combat system is so there's like a turn bar at the bottom mm-hmm. that you like run through based on the move that you do in your turn and you know if it's long you're obviously going to be dropped back further in the order you know if it's a if it's a quick move that you do you're going to get a chance to go again maybe before the enemy does but um there's also a mechanic and okay so like i am on this podcast having dunked on this system for final
0: fantasy seven no because i think it's implemented better here
1: they do it so well in this one
0: yeah yeah
1: because of the mechanic where you can drop an enemy back if you shine Iggy's light on an enemy you know yeah. what I mean so like you understand that there is like a turn order but it's not really fixed you have control over like how you want to plan that out yeah so like you can you can use it to like just kind of drop you ahead of the enemy so that you can defend this turn and then hit next time or you can look at the order and be like well they're not going for a while so i can probably get a pretty heavy attack in before i take a significant amount of damage so like the turn order is a factor but it is like changeable and like you can do things to it to give yourself an advantage and that's i fucking love that about this game
0: yeah between slowing the progress down with with iggy's light and i think even as a cooler mechanic the the interruption system oh yes. god! oh my god yeah if there was anything that like i wish was implemented in a final fantasy type like that would be that like Yes. If you can get to the end of your bar before, like during that little casting window uh, before an enemy, you knock them way back in the order. And that is so, so interesting. And like something I've never seen done in that way before. Super creative. And yeah, it it changes your strategy entirely as as far as how you want to do things. Yeah. And just the different ways that you use Iggy in battle in general, because he can function as a healer. So what what we're not talking about on a dual stick controller, one stick controls your menus or movement in the real world and then the other stick controls Iggy independently. Now this can be done as a co-op, like you can have a second player playing as Iggy the whole time, which is super fucking cool as well. Like to be able to do this.
1: I got kind of, to I got kind of to imagine that being Iggy the whole time is probably a pretty boring experience for this.
0: Well, so the way I looked at it, when i first saw that mechanic is this is a great game for parents yeah in the same way that like you would bond with a child reading them a story because of how much this is influenced by storybooks and things like that like you can play with a much much younger much less experienced gamer and they still feel like they're doing something that's just how i pictured it i could be totally off the mark but that just kind of felt cool but uh, but yeah, so, so Iggy can, can heal you by shining his light on one of the party members, blind the other characters, or there are little like flowers in the corner of the, the battle screen that if he goes and like swings into that, it has little health and like magic point pickups as well, which is
1: so clutch. Oh my god! Oh my yeah. god! The magic point pickups in those in those fights absolutely clutch. Yes. Yeah. No. I. I mean. I love. I love this battle system so much. Final Fantasy VII, for example, was that one step off of having the perfect battle mechanic. You know what I mean? Yeah. To to have any kind of control over when your turn takes place is huge. Um, and and I think that. Um. But, and, and and you know it's it's mainly because like the closest comparison that I can make to this battle system is Final Fantasy 7
0: Yeah, that's fair. But
1: this has what that game was missing, and like it also has interesting characters and, and and like a fun like a fun story and awesome environments, and it like it's just a it's just a fucking all around awesome game. Like I I don't. I don't know how to praise this game enough, you know?
0: Well, is there anything else you want to touch upon in like the open discussion before we get to our pros and cons? Because I think we're I think it is gonna be a, a much bigger showering of praise than we normally do for this show.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I'm I'm comfortable going to the pros and cons. Okay.
0: I guess I'll I'll do my, my formality of saying, <laughs> fuck this is gorgeous. <laughs> so everything looks kind of hand painted. Yeah. With the exception of Aurora herself, which I think is an intentional move, Aurora is almost like a 3D model on a 2D world. Her movements aren't like anybody else's. Like, your enemies, when you see them in just, like, the open system, almost look like cardboard cutout structures. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it's like rigid rim- limbs that that move on hinges.
1: Yeah, like pin, pin dolls. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: But... Aurora's movements are very fluid because she's actually built as a 3D model that looks painted. It's crazy. But all of the art as far as the backgrounds, the character models, like they do that thing in like in most like JRPGs where if someone's speaking they show like a big version of them on the screen and then like a dialogue bar. They do that and all of the art for those is is gorgeous as well. Like I would have this and any part of this as as a like a piece in my home. Honestly, like I, it's so it's one of the best looking games we've covered. And that's saying a lot, but now that that's out of the way, cause <laughs> I had to do it. Yeah. I do agree. The battle s- structure is awesome. It's completely unique uh, just with the little intricacies. Cause timed bars is not something new. I've, I've played that in a bunch of different RPGs, but that those little tweaks of blinding people or, or the interruption bar, like it completely sets it apart.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think that, that that is what makes this game so fantastic, is that it does take, you know, these challenging aspects of RPGs that, like you said, have been have been around before. Like, time bars are not anything new, but the fact that you have control over, you know, you know, no matter how small it is, but, like, you have influence over when your turns happen. Iggy truly gives you, and it's not, like, a delay tactic, I think, is is what my biggest thing is, is that, like iggy's light delaying like blinding an enemy like has true value in the fight yes and it's not just this like silly thing that they threw in you know so that they could have the fucking ball of fire have some kind of use like it 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 matters
0: yeah one of the cons that i have and they're they're minor i don't think the the oculi system works that well
1: that's like the gem affixing thing right
0: yeah so yeah you have like three gem slots like every character has three gem slots that they can attach these little uh they they call them oculi and you can combine them and strengthen them and and mix and match to come up with these things but it's it feels like they cast too wide of a net on it yeah like with the different things that they do and it doesn't really reward you very much for the exploration yeah And since they're limited, by combining them, like you might fuck up and and lose out on something that'll give you a better stat boost or better resistance or or whatever. I don't think that works great. But it's not the worst thing. Their skill tree, however, kills. It's that's one of the better skill tree systems that I've seen. So that's a pro. When you level up, you get basically a notch on a skill tree that gives you, you know, boosts in. In your stats or different spells or or anything like that and I think that's super super well put together especially because they let you see the whole fucking thing at once I can't stand a skill tree where it yeah. doesn't tell you what the thing is going to be in the next slot until you unlock it that shit's awful
1: right like what the what the fuck is the point like what <laughs> I do to spend my skills you know what else I love about the skill tree is that there is a skill in every character's skill tree that is specifically tailored to, like, make them a little bit OP. Uh, for example, like, Finn is, like, your magic user. Yep. And he has a skill that makes magic for him, you know, a little bit more effective. And then yeah. a little bit later you can level that up. So, like, specifically to him, that's an amazing skill. If that was a universal skill, it'd be fucking, not useless, but, like, it's, you know, obviously a Finn-specific OP skill. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, like, every character has something like that.
0: They're also all built on, like, D&D archetypes, more or less. Which I think is a good way to do this. Like, each one kind of falls into one of those categories. Like, Rubella is more or less your like, white mage, almost cleric type, where they can do some significant pummeling damage, but also they're your primary healer uh, outside of Iggy. Same goes for Finn. That's, like, your straight-up mage. It's all elemental attacks, and Robert, who you haven't met yet. Robert's one of my favorites. That's your, your ranger. It's all ranged attacks with a bow, which is a weird structure for this specific game, but it totally works for some reason. Do you have any cons for this? I...
1: Hmm... I do, but it's like a con with a caveat because right now I'm in the area where we're like rescuing Finn's family. Yeah. And they make it they make it seem like all of these crows that you can interact with are like significant, like it's significant to talk to them. And it's not. Like they all they all just say call, you know? Yeah. And and now I don't know if that like changes after you finish the like mission to get the holy water or whatever but i they kind of throw in these like background elements that are more distracting than anything that's fair that that's like kind of a personal issue for me like i hate that i hate when things are just there to distract you unless it's like some kind of reference to some other point in the game or you know like a pop culture reference or something like that which i can appreciate but don't necessarily love all the time but like there's a lot of stuff for me so far that's kind of been littered into the background that is just misleading.
0: It's filler for the sake of filler, basically, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And I think because it's it's presented in this 2D platforming, for, like, because you brought up Pokemon. Yeah. There's a ton of that kind of shit in Pokemon. Like, you can talk to every person, and almost none of it matters.
1: The thing that drives me insane about that is that you can talk to everyone, and sometimes it does matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in Pokemon, I mean, like occasionally somebody will have a side quest or like, oh, you have a such and such berry. Here's a a fucking free Pokemon or whatever.
0: They do that in this, but it's way fewer and farther between. Like in your towns, which are, are much further apart and much smaller than in those type of games, there will be one or two like little optional quests that you can pick up. Okay, well, that does
1: make me feel a little bit better about that, but just just so far, it's been it seems like a little bit of filler, which which does irritate me a little bit. Uh, but otherwise, I, I mean, I don't really have any I have any cons for this game.
0: I think to your point, because there's so much nothing in it, it discourages you from talking to people. So there it there is that opportunity then to miss getting side quests and stuff like that. Like if sure. if you have a mindset which it's their fault that none of these conversations matter and i just want to barrel through and fucking grind. Yeah, that that is a that would be a con because they're they're programming you to not give a shit when occasionally, very rarely, you need to or should. So yeah, no no no, i totally agree with that actually.
1: Well, i want to say like the first bit of this was like okay and this may be tied directly to my uh playthrough of village but like the first crow that you come across is like sitting on a carriage that looks exactly like the duke's carriage from village oh he's, like, shit fu- you're right <laughs> he's a shopkeeper so like i'm like oh i gotta talk to this dude he'll yeah. have items for me and it's, no, you don't.
0: I didn't realize it during this playthrough, but you're dead on that it yeah. does look just like yeah, that.
1: Yeah, looks exactly like that.
0: Um, there are no shops to speak of in this game.
1: Well, that's what I've realized since then.
0: Yeah, which is, that's weird for an RPG anyway, is that foraging is your only means of getting health items and stuff like that. That's fucking weird. Well, I think that also plays into
1: the, like, don't stop and talk to people mindset oh for sure is that like you can find whatever you like you don't have to talk to anybody
0: one last thing that i want to touch on before we get to our rating system is what do you think about the music um so games on the switch i
1: generally don't play with volume on okay i actually forgot you were playing this on switch (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah uh I I mean as far as I heard it, it was just kind of background music like it didn't it didn't stand out to me I guess is what I would say about the music but I don't know that
0: I'm the best authority on the music well since you are going to be continuing on I do encourage you to at, at least when you have the ability to take a listen to some of the music cuz I think it's really well done really atmospheric that artist that I mentioned before uh which it it's the french for uh heart of a pirate cord de pirat she did such a good job she wrote like the whole fucking score for this and it's beautiful like there's there's a song that i had on a playlist for a long time that she wrote specifically for this game but yeah that's that's just a minor thing that's a that's a pro for me but if if you do end up listening to it we'll have to report back on that one as well sure but um i think we're ready to to rate this motherfucker dan do you see that glowing behind you uh it's actually like pitch black in this room. Wait, hold on. Oh, yeah. Yep, got it. Yeah, that's fucking Iggy. And do you know what he has with him? <laughs> the
1: goddamn rating system.
0: Does it work? Boy, yes. It it works great. One of the things we didn't talk about too much is is navigating on the the overworld, which as a platformer, it it's a little misleading because you can fucking fly everywhere like you spend almost no time on the ground unless you're picking up a chest but yes everything works great the menus work exactly as they need to the battles work perfectly everything about this works wonderfully so full point
1: yeah abso abso fucking lutely i mean like i cannot rave about the combat system enough and that to me is enough to carry this game for that system to be working so well is is good enough for me and i will say that one of the things that was like that made me hate this game at the beginning was that you had to walk everywhere and like you could very obviously not reach certain things um but once you can fly like that fucking changes the game as flying obviously would you know so Mm -hmm. like they fixed my big issue with whether it worked or not so yeah full point for me i'm
0: so happy you stuck with this game yeah is it engaging? Very much so. Between just how fun the battles are, the the feeling of exploration. And this is a thing that Russell and I have talked about a little bit when it comes to certain games. Like, certain games punish you almost for exploration. This is the absolute opposite. Like, all the treasure chests you can find, all the little puzzly things that you can find, all the stuff you can do with Iggy uh, just on that overworld, like, yeah, everything about it is engaging. So that's a full point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean yeah I don't have I don't have anything else to add to that it's it's fucking fantastic and like the characters are all interesting you know Aurora isn't herself particularly interesting but her story like it's not so much that it's new or original but like I care about how it ends up because like they introduce this kind of world where you're not quite dead but like there's a chance that you could go back you know uh, when they drop you in. So like you're you're fully invested in in her story right away. And every character that they introduce along the way and every, you know, every mechanic that it is introduced in the game it just draws you into that into the game more, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Big big point from me.
0: Does it look good? Absolutely. Um again, that art style is Really, really gorgeous. Everything looks hand painted, and yeah, that I don't. I think we touch upon everything we really need to there. So that's a full point for me.
1: Yeah, easy, easy point. I love how this game looks, and and I hadn't really thought about it before you brought it up. But you're right. Like Aurora looks like a 3D model, and you know the fact that that everything else looks like kind of like pin dolls. Yeah. is is incredible. Yeah. Because like she's not from this world, so she looks different. You know what I mean? And and she functions different, and that makes sense. And I just kind of took that as fact, you know. And and it's it's really a a cool detail that they put into the game.
0: Yeah. Also, just as a as a side note, um, the creative director Patrick Pillard said that he took a lot of inspiration from Studio ghibli films which i think that comes through a lot even though it's not done in anywhere near an anime style it still has that kind of whimsical feel to everything so yeah full full on that this is probably the easiest point for the whole bunch yeah all right uh is there replayability so this is a this is an interesting one only because nothing really changes and there there are some things that you can miss i mean i think you can't miss golem just straight up if you don't take the right pathways or don't bother exploring. But the ending is always the same. They did initially, uh, when they were starting production on this game, they wanted it to have multiple endings, and that just didn't end up happening. They ended up going with something much more linear. But I've played this multiple times, and it's been a great experience every time. So I think it is going to be a full point, despite the fact that there's no inherent reward for replaying it, other than just the fun of the experience well i think that's where
1: it gets you dan is playing it again just for the fun of the experience is good enough yeah like i would absolutely play this game again after i finish it
0: it's just so fun it's a it's a good world to be in
1: yeah exactly like i i don't care how far removed i am from it like i want to fucking play it again it's good it's a good game yeah and while there's no inherent replayability, it definitely is worth picking up and playing again, you know? And that, that's good enough for me. So I'm going to give it a full point there
0: too. All right. Is there a story? Yeah, that's going to be a full point. Um, you are maybe a quarter of the way through, if I'm ballparking. Yeah. And there's so much of this story to to unfold for you. Mm-hmm. In terms of like, the name gives it away a little bit as far as what you're you're in store for, but yeah. the way that Aurora specifically, like, her story progresses, is really well done. They do something in this game, and I'm not going to spoil it for you at all. Oh, please do They don't. do something specific in this game that I've never seen done that is, it's great. It's so good. I can't wait until you get to the point that I'm talking about, like, very, very mysteriously, <laughs> but it's something entirely new for me and when i when it happened the first time on my first playthrough i was just like this is fucking dope i wish every game was this thoughtful about character progression and they're just fucking not so yeah that's a full point for me like with the with the little bit of like eh maybe don't rhyme everything but (laughs) again Rubella fixed that for for me too so
1: yeah i agree I, th- I think it's a full point here and you know like i'm not very deep into the story like you said i'm about a, a quarter of the way through but like i'm fucking invested man and while i hate that there are rhymes i fucking love that they introduced a character right away who was like ah, uh, fuck rhymes yeah <laughs> I'm gonna do my thing
0: super early on yeah
1: yeah it was it was great so yeah not a full point for me there um, is it worth the cost?
0: So this currently retails at fourteen ninety nine everywhere, and I think I think we're going full ten. Shay, the amount of game that this provides for a measly fifteen dollars is so well worth the cost. Especially now that it's the complete edition. There used to be DLC for it. That's not a thing anymore. They just packed it all in. This is this is gonna be. A perfect ten game for me. This is five points. Yeah, man.
1: I'm right there with you. Fucking five points for me too. Fifteen dollars for this game? Absolutely. Take my money. I could give two shits. Make it 30. Fuck it. I don't care. It's so good. I want to play this game so much.
0: Is this our first ever like double ten? I think it is. Certainly a unanimous ten, yeah. I think you gave another
1: game a ten, but we certainly have not agreed on a ten before
0: because even with Hollow Knight which was one of our favorite games that we've played I don't think the four of us all landed on a 10 so yeah no I think this is this is our first perfect score game folks mm-hmm. check this game out I mean this if you own it. any console if you own a, a PC there's really no excuse at this price point if you're an RPG fan even a little bit
1: Fucking Stadia has
0: it yeah yeah you can't go wrong with this. This uh, this is the best seal of approval we've given a game. Hell yeah! I'm so stoked. I genuinely I was so worried when you started this that you were gonna bail, and I'm thrilled to death that you continued on with it. This is this makes me really happy, Shay. I'm so glad we're kicking off the year this way.
1: Well, I gotta be honest. I was so like I said, the tutorial is a little bit too long. I was very close to bailing on this game through the tutorial, but like. Once you can fly, man, like that changes the game and it's so much fun.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's, uh, let's see if we can keep this positive momentum because Shay, quick question for you. (laughs) Uh, do you want to play a game?
1: Dan, guide me through the candy cane forest through Lake Licorice over Chocolate Mountain to Candy Castle. I would love to
0: play a game. Okay. Look, I like this. This uh so that is of course Candyland. <laughs> what the hell? I uh, so right before recording, Shay goes, uh <laughs> so I'm going to try a new bit out. I did a fucking
1: heel turn 2022 baby.
0: I love this. I love this so much. Uh yeah, no. If you want to continue on with board game references, I'm fucking in for that. (laughs) And that is as whimsical as I tried to make our quiz this week. Because this week, we're going to be talking about fairy tales in video games. This quiz is going to be called Tell Me a Story, Shay. So we're going to be talking about a bunch of different instances of storybook characters or uh, pieces of literature being used in video games and in a variety of different ways. So we're going to start right off. These are going to be just open-ended questions. You know I'm more than happy to give you hints if needed. So we're going to start with question number one. The result of Square Enix having basically the full breadth of Disney stories at its disposal is that Kingdom Hearts' Sora has made friends with just about every fairy tale princess in history. However, in the first game in the series, you can only team up with one of these Disney princesses. Which one is it?
1: um hmm. i would love to say that i know the answer to this but i just don't so can i but i I would like to buy a hint please dan
0: sure so i think it's the it's one of the characters theme
1: song perhaps
0: (laughs) i mean the thing is when you become part of her world like it, it is completely different than with everyone else like it's it's a, an exact representation of what their movie is. If you catch my drift. When you
1: say part of her world, is that significant? <laughs> Maybe. Is it? Oh, yeah, it's uh, okay. We're thanks. just gonna go. Thank yeah. you, because I couldn't <laughs> fucking think of her name. I was like, it's yeah, a it's little birdie. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> Christ. Uh. Ariel's also one of the characters that has appeared in most of the mainline games, I think. I don't remember now. She does end up in 3. Because I really hated 3. Whatever. Yeah, Yeah, it's Ariel. That's the answer. That's the point. Oh. <laughs> Alright, next question. Oh, Telltale Games. How I miss the One of the most well-received releases from their relatively short lifespan was Fables, The Wolf Among Us. Based on the long-running and Eisner Award-winning comic book series of the same name, The Fables Game follows the Sheriff of Fable Town investigating Ichabod Crane and several other storybook characters for the, a gruesome string of mysterious murders. But Shay, who is the Sheriff of Fable Town?
1: Fuck. I, I, God damn it. Um, it's the, the Huntsman. Right? From... Snow White? Is that the right answer?
0: <laughs> yes, the Huntsman I'm... is from Snow White. No, <laughs> that's not uh, the, the Huntsman answer. is not the It's character. all good. No, he is, he is in The Wolf Among Us, uh... but he is an antagonist. Because the Huntsman has actually dealt with the sheriff in their previous lives. So I'll give you another crack at it.
1: It's not... Hold on. It's not fucking Van Helsing, is it?
0: No, no, no. So the, the okay. correct answer is all right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Big Bad Wolf, Shay. It's Bigby Wolf. Oh,
1: fuck! I thought that was too easy! God damn it!
0: Yeah. I mean, your hint was gonna fuck! be... <laughs> your hint it's was right going the to the goddamn
1: be... <laughs> name! Exactly. Fucking... God damn it! <laughs>
0: that's alright. It's
1: okay. I was like, that's too easy. That's fucking too easy.
0: Yeah. That'll teach me to leave a game rotting on my Xbox 360. Totally worth playing too. Fuck. It's also voiced by uh, Steve Bloom. Oh sure. Uh, otherwise yeah. known as uh, Spike Spiegel. Yeah. From Cowboy Bebop and like every iteration of Wolverine in any anime, uh, animated thing or video game. Yeah, Steve Bloom rules. All right, next question. American McGee, which is apparently his real name is a video game designer that, once upon a time, worked on the Doom and Quake series for id Software. After being fired by id, McGee went to work for EA, where he made a name for himself, designing a twisted, nightmarish version of what storybook character?
1: Oh, shit. I would like to buy a hint, please, Dan.
0: So he's done a couple others that tried to capitalize on the success of this first thing. Like, there was American McGee's Grimm. There was American McGee's Oz, which was in development at one point. But this is the one that kind of put him on a path. And I think you can still find shit in Hot Topic based around this franchise.
1: Uh, hmm. I'm like drawing a blank on any game that's come out in the last 10 years. (laughs) Yay. Though, that should be something, you know? Yeah. I I don't know what the answer is, Dan. I'm going to be fucking pissed when I hear it, but I don't know what the answer is.
0: It's American McGee's Alice. So you've almost definitely seen the artwork for this. It's usually Alice, who for some reason has darker hair than the Disney counterpart.
1: Yeah. Yeah, With, no, like, I a knife exactly. with blood on but,
0: it. There's always this, I like, exactly fucked up version of the Cheshire game. Cat.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize it was an EA game. How about that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. In my research, I also found out that they sold the film rights to this franchise to Sarah Michelle Gellar. <laughs> uh, and then she did... <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> All right. <laughs> She did nothing with it, but she, I guess, still owns the film rights. I don't know if they reverted back or not, but just a little tidbit for you. So your next question. So one of this month's free games, as I mentioned before, for PlayStation Plus is Persona 5 Strikers. We've talked off air a little bit about Persona 5 and some of the content that I have a hard time with, but all in all, the series has a lot going for it. Among some of the cool concepts, one of the core mechanics of the game is that each party member of the Phantom Thieves has a dedicated default Persona, functionally a trauma mask used to help them fight shadows. In the fifth installment of the franchise, some of the Persona are based on historical figures, like infamous pirate Captain Kidd and real-life Japanese Robin Hood figure Goemon. Some are based on mythological characters like Loki and Prometheus, and others are based on works of fiction, such as Gentleman Thief Arsene Lupin, spurned lover Carmen, and what masked swashbuckling vigilante
1: is it zorro is that his fucking name yep wait hold on a second that's the dude's name right with the the black hat and the black mask and the sword and shit that's zorro yes okay that's my that's my
0: guess yes okay (laughs) yes the answer is zorro
1: okay cool
0: (laughs) morgana who is your first party member they they have as their persona Zoro and it's it's like this big beefy weird version of Zoro. I don't understand it exactly. And uh they added more characters to strikers, but we're going to talk about that in just a moment because it relates to our final question. And and I'll I'll be honest with you. I was going to keep the subject of this question in my back pocket if we ever covered a traditional fighting game, but it's it's too ridiculous not to talk about today. So, all right. There is no shortage of fan-made Street Fighter clones, Shay. Oh, boy. One absurd example of this is a game called Arm Joe. Yeah. Do you know about Arm Joe? (laughs) Tangentially, yes. Oh, my God. That's perfect. Okay, then this is going to be an easy point. So the title comes from the Japanese uh, homophonic translation Amujo, which is an expression lamenting the cruelty and impermanence of the world. Given that very base-level bit of information, can you tell me what work of fiction, originally written by Victor Hugo in 1862, is Arm Joe based on? Well,
1: I can't remember any Victor Hugo works that aren't Les Mis, so that's my guess.
0: Yes, Arm Joe is yeah, yeah, yeah. a Les Mis. <laughs> oh, Mes...
1: Hunchback was also Victor Hugo. Oh, is it really? Yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, yes, this is Les Mes, a whole-ass fighting game based on Les Mes, and it's fucking insane. First of all... <laughs> You can play as all of your favorite characters such as Jean Valjean, Javert, fucking Cosette, but also for no good reason there's a robotic version of Jean Valjean just called Robo Jean.
1: <laughs> oh, that's great.
0: <laughs> there's a there's a weird like rabbit that isn't a stuffed animal. They made clear that it's not a stuffed animal. It's just from another dimension or something called pon pon and then just like a character called judgment which is basically the devil it's fucking awesome listeners we will post a video (laughs) on our twitter account of some of the action from arm joe just because i need you to know that this is a real thing (laughs) so that's gonna do it for our quiz today three more points added to your total shay very well done starting off the new year with you know your average it's exactly what we've come to expect at this point
1: all right i feel like i got dunked on there pretty hard (laughs) that's in that summary
0: no it's that i'm a
1: dick
0: (laughs) no it's 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 that i like fucking with you
1: i guess i guess that i'm fucking lucky that i know one book by victor hugo
0: (laughs) If I hadn't said Victor Hugo, would you have gotten it? No, absolutely. Because no. that was like a discussion between my partner and I. She was like, you can't, you can't say Victor Hugo. That makes it too easy. I'm like, I didn't fucking know it was Victor Hugo.
1: Well, I mean, it depends on what other qualifiers you would have used to describe it instead of being a Victor Hugo work. Because if you had just told me like a work based on the cruelty of the world, I would have just been like, all right, so any book. It's rent. <laughs> right? Yeah.
0: At any rate. Happy 2022, everybody. We did it. We're a year now, a full year into the podcast. And I'm so happy to continue to do this with you, Shay. As for us, you can find or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BNGpod, where we post different sales that are going on and also custom artwork for every episode. I am super stoked about the one that I made for this episode. I showed Shay a preview and it's it's. I don't know how I'm going to top it in the future.
1: (laughs) Exactly. If you'd like to share the show, you can do so using our hosting site, which is anchor.fm slash bngpod.
0: And if you want to email the show with game suggestions, uh, just any sort of feedback, or if you have like a, a weird developer that we've never heard of that as a press person you want to have on our show by just like, randomly quoting one little bitty thing that wasn't even important from an episode that we did a while ago, you can do so at brokeandgamingpod at gmail.com. Hey, Shay, what are we playing next time?
1: Next time, Dan, we'll be playing Cozy Grove. So make sure you tune in for that.
0: That's right. We're playing Spooky Animal Crossing, everybody. It's gonna be something. But until then, goodbye, absolutely, everyone. Goodbye.
1: What's the light Ball's name? Ignatius
0: So I had to I had to write it out phonetically <laughs> Yeah um, it, I believe it's Igniculus
1: That is not a name, but sure I know <laughs> Um. Anyway, it, you know, whether it's a chest Or just like some refill items For Ig I've already forgotten what you said it was
0: We're gonna call him Iggy for the rest of the episode <laughs>
1: Sure